Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hand to Hand in the Trenches, a missionary story podcast. I'm Caleb Hickam. And I'm Kimberly Croker. And we are your hosts for this episode of Hand to Hand. Hand to Hand is a ministry outreach of Charity Baptist Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas. And Hand to Hand is a missionary story podcast that tells the true stories of Christians around the world who have hazarded their lives for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the podcast. We are glad to have you with us today as we continue with part three on the life of Z.N. Morell. Yes, but if you miss part one or two, you might want to go back and listen to those first. Go ahead. We'll wait for you. Okay, welcome back. That didn't take long. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, so last week, we told how Zian and his family moved to Texas and about some of the early dangers like Indian attacks and the threat of invasion from Mexico. Yes, but we also told of some of the opportunities that he had to preach. And lastly, we told of the Morel family and a few others starting a Baptist church at the town of Washington on the Brazos River which was named after the capital of the U.S. Yes, and the little church got busy trying to reach the soldiers that had fought in the Texas Revolution, who were now on furlough. Them boys need to be reached with the gospel. Amen. Amen. The old evil of liquor is all over this city, working to destroy the souls of them boys. Let us go forth with the water of life, and give them a drink that they may never thirst again. That's right. That's right. Amen. Oh, Lord, hear the prayers of thy servant and the prayers of the mothers in distant lands for these wayward sons. Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, these young men were mostly Southerners who had come to Texas for one purpose, to fight in the revolution. But now... With the war over, they had no purpose anymore and were unsure what to do. But at the same time, General Sam Houston, or rather now President Sam Houston, was reluctant to encourage them to go home or to build farms as he wanted them to gather at the ready for war at a moment's notice because Santa Ana and the Mexican army was threatening to invade and retake Texas at any time. As you can imagine, these young men, thousands of miles away from their homes and families, and with no immediate purpose, 
no job, and nothing useful to occupy their time, were tempted by the lusts of the flesh in its many various forms. There were numerous saloons, and alcohol was rampant. Also, there was horse racing, billiards, and cards that kept the boys busy gambling away their fortunes while they waited to see what the future held for them. Boys, I'm telling you, you may enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But the scripture says that sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Yes, sir. We know you're, you're right, preacher, but, you know... Many of these young men had been raised to go to church back in the States, so they were all very kind to Zian, and quite a few of them would even attend church. They would sing the songs and sit and attentively listen to the preaching. Yet, none of them made a personal profession of faith. Then, after they had attended church for a while, things started to take a turn. Yeah, they would come to church and politely sit through the whole service. But, after church was over, some of them would walk down the street to the grocery store where they would set up chairs and mockingly imitate the church service that they had just attended. Brother Byers, will you lead us in prayer? Well, glory! <laughs> Thank you, Brother Morell. And even though all the boys didn't take part in it, most would at least sit in and listen, and many would laugh along. Zian was much distressed when he saw it, but he knew he couldn't do anything except pray. Oh, Lord, please convict these young men. I pray that at last, even in the midst of their mockery, they might look through the mirror of the gospel and be saved. While all of this was happening, two traveling Methodist preachers and two traveling Presbyterian preachers all arrived in town and decided to have a camp meeting style extended meeting in town. Even though Zian disagreed with these men on doctrinal issues, they were all preaching salvation at this time, and Zian agreed to help out with the meeting. So, they rented an empty billiard hall on Main Street, set up benches inside, and began to invite people to come to the meeting. On the first night of the meeting, nothing especially notable happened. But by the second night, word had gotten around town, and there was a good crowd of citizens, as well as the loafers and gamblers of the town, that came to the meeting. Well... Looks like we have ourselves a good crowd tonight, Brother McGowan. Yes, it does, Brother Morrell. Among the crowd standing outside the window was a group of mockers who had been imitating the church service. These scoffers had a man holding a chicken stand outside the window near the preacher, and whenever they would start to sing a song, he would make the chicken squawk, and then one of them would stick his head in the window and shout, Glory to God, as loud as he could, while about 20 more would answer from outside. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, let's all stand and sing, nothing but the blood. What 
can wash away my <laughs> glory to God. So Zian was sitting there with his wife and daughter, and his wife leaned over and whispered to him. Zian, is he going to do that all night? He will ruin the entire service. No, he is not. Then Zian got up and holding his heavy walking stick, went over and stood by the window and waited patiently to see if the mocker would do it again. He wouldn't have to wait very long. All right, folks, let's sing verse two. <laughs> Glory to Ah! Zian had hit him with the walking stick just above his left eye, leaving him with a scar that he would carry for his whole life. You boys didn't come here to worship tonight, so you best get on your way. If you cause any more trouble, you ought to know we don't cotton much to the mockery of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in here. You best get on your way. The mockers dispersed, and the meeting actually continued for several weeks. Yes, but by this time, Zian had begun to feel a little bit discouraged, because he had been in Texas for nearly two full years, and he had not seen even one convert. Yeah, many people were kind to him and eager to hear him preach, but he didn't know of even one single person who had been saved under his preaching in Texas. It was even harder when he remembered all the souls that had been saved under his preaching back in Tennessee. What's the matter, honey? Oh, nothing. Well, I was just a-thinking. About what? Something is troubling you. Well, I was just a-thinking how no one's been saved under our ministry since we came to Texas. The Indians have chased us from our home, and these soldier boys mock our church services. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe God did not send us to Texas at all. Remember, honey, it's God that sends the increase. That night, Zian was preaching at the meeting. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends! The Bible tells me that just as the payment you have come to you for your sins is death, the Bible says in death and hell we're cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Oh yes, God is a just paymaster. He will pay you what you have coming. Oh, but friend, the Bible also says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Won't you accept the free gift of salvation today? One man named Mr. Jackson, who was sitting in the front, stood up. I, I need to be saved. I, look, I know I deserved hell as a payment for my sin, drunkenness. I, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want God's free gift of salvation. Amen, brother. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. I came to this meeting tonight, not not because I cared about God, but because I wanted to laugh at the service. Why, right now, the saddlebags on my horse are full of whiskey. I intended to get drunk and laugh at the preaching all night long, but now I know my soul, 
My soul is no laughing matter. I know hell is no joke. Mr. Jackson was born again that night. He was Zian's first convert in Texas. Honey, you're right. It is God that gives the increase. All that's left for us to do is to be faithful. I am more determined than ever to spend and to be spent for the gospel here among the people of Texas. Mr. Jackson was Zian's first convert in Texas, but he wouldn't be the last. The Lord had a great harvest on the horizon. Well, Kim, before we stop for the day, let's relate one more of Zian's adventures. Yes. Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> this takes place in March of 1838, and the Republic of Texas... Texas? Texas. Texas. <laughs> I got you. Had just opened the Texas land office. Yeah, so basically it was a plan to draw more Americans to Texas by surveying the land and letting people buy the land cheap. Zian and a few other men traveled west with the surveyors toward the Colorado River so that they could see the land. Right. As they traveled that way, they camped at the town of Goliad, where Colonel Fannin and his 300 men had been murdered during the Texas Revolution. We mentioned that in part two. While they were camped there, Zian got permission to use the old abandoned Catholic church building, and he preached to about six families of Mexicans and Catholic Irish immigrants. It was the first time any of them had ever heard the simple gospel message. Then they continued west. Now, boys, y'all keep your eyes open for Indians. This here is Indian territory for sure. You are right, old-timer. I say we keep our rifles, cross our saddle, and get ready at a moment's notice. Oftentimes, you don't know when they're around till they're right on top of you. Truth, preacher, truth. Besides, some of them Indians around here are cannibals, and I ain't too keen on being a tamale. <laughs> oh, amen to that. So, they decided to take a ride for about 10 miles, just to get the feel of the land and to see the countryside. Let's ride up yonder, that creek bed over there. Good idea. We might shoot ourselves a turkey for supper. Then, all of a sudden, they heard a shrill yell only a short distance behind them. Indians! There were 12 Indians, also mounted on horseback, and they were armed with arrows and spears. They were coming up behind them. The Indians, seeing that they had rifles ready, stopped and watched Zien and the old-timer, apparently deciding whether or not to attack. Yes, and the white men sat and watched the Indians. They knew that they were better armed than the Indians, but... These were the days of single-shot rifles. Zian was afraid that if they fired their guns, though they may kill two of them, the other ten would be on them and scalp them before they could reload. You thought any more about being a tamale? Thinking about it right now. I don't like the idea even a little. What do you think we should do? All the while... 
the Indians kept up their war cries at regular intervals. Reckon you got an idea what we should do? Well, they're blocking our way back to camp. If we had to fight them, I don't want to fight them out here on this open ground. They have the advantage of numbers. Our horses look to be in better condition than most of theirs. If we make a run for it, we might beat them to that stand of trees over yonder. Well, that's nearly four miles out. It'll be a close one for sure. I reckon you're right, preacher. But there ain't no other cover any closer. Well, I'm sure we can beat them all. Except them four on the right. No horses look pretty good. Well, I say we best be getting to trying. Well, I reckon I'm ready when you are. Okay, here's the plan. On a count of three, we'll both spur our horses towards the forest. We'll have the advantage of first jump, but they won't be far behind us. Then as we ride that way, every time they yell, we yell back to let them know we have a war cry and we are ready to fight. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Yeah! 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 The old-timer's horse was starting to tire, and the Indians were getting close. Now, they were in the last mile of the race. Zian rode up right next to the old-timer's tiring horse and started whipping it with his lariat, trying to push just a little more speed out of it for that last little bit. Get up, yo, hag! Yo! Zian and the old-timer made it into the trees only moments ahead of the four Indians that were mounted on the best horses. They jumped to their feet and took up firing positions at the edge of the trees. When the Indians saw that, they dropped down on the other side of their horses and rode back just out of range. And then all twelve watched to see what Zian and his friend would do next. Well, our situation is... Slightly better now. At least we have cover. Yes, but I wish we had some reinforcements. Yeah, you and me both, preacher. Then Zian had an idea. Keep an eye on him. I ain't going too far. Zian got on his horse and rode farther into the trees, just out of sight of the Indians. And, knowing that most of the Indians could speak at least a little bit of Spanish, he began shouting commands in Spanish and English. He shouted orders as though he was in command of an entire army, which had come to rescue them. Company B, fix bayonets. Prepare to charge. Skirmishers, advance to the right. Heo! The Indians were fooled into believing that help had arrived, and they turned their horses and ran away as fast as those tired old hags would carry them. <laughs> that may be the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but Zian felt just a little bit guilty. I deliberately deceived them Indians. The Bible says, lie not one to another. <laughs> now you feel guilty. 
I reckon the boys will all get a good laugh out of this. I'm sure they will. At any rate, I'm grateful to the Lord Jesus for sparing our lives. I'm grateful that he will forgive me for lying if I ask him. Okay, that's going to be about all the time that we have for today. And by the way, I've been the bad guy like three weeks in a row now and said that's all the time we have for today. And it's your turn to be the bad guy next week. I'll pray about it. Oh, <laughs> okay. See what the Lord has to tell you on that. Yeah. And until then, Lord willing, we'll finish up the story of Z and Muel next week. Yes, we will. And uh, until then. Psalm 22 19 and 20. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog.